Hello and welcome to a special episode of AvTalk. I am Ian Pechnik, here as always with... Jason Rabinowitz, and I think special is probably a, an odd title for this episode, isn't it? Unfortunate, calamitous... Uh, Panic? Pa- uh, I'm not there yet. Okay. But I, I, would, I would allow the suggestion, I think. So it is the 19th of March in the year 2020... And if you had told me two weeks ago that I would be sitting here talking to you about what we are about to discuss, I would not have believed you. Yeah, two weeks even, that seems like a decade ago at this point, doesn't it? Like a totally different world, different industry, different circumstances. What's happening this week is unimaginable. Minutes have turned into hours, have turned into days, and it, you know... When we were talking about the problems facing the airline industry and, and the challenges um, and some of the opportunities that were going to come out this year and some of the things that we were looking forward to on one of the first episodes of the year, that all seems a very distant memory. Yeah, so pretty much at this point, whatever guidance, expectations, future hopes, uh aircraft deliveries, aircraft orders you had in mind for the near or long-term future, you can just open up your window and and toss them right out. I guess we should talk about where we are. Where are we? Uh, I I don't know (laughs) how to answer that question. Okay, let's let's do this. Let's talk about um, kind of the the global situation and then we can look at some individual airlines you are a good friend seth miller john ostrower who else am i forgetting let's see it's me seth miller john ostrower uh nick benson from jet tip a couple other people um let's see who else is there uh Uh, danny at uh, danny yep such a morning post so they, you it's guys, a global effort. Yeah, on. exactly. Um, you guys have put together, uh, and we will link to this in the show notes, um, a, I think, an incredible document. And I use that in, in the truest sense of the words. I, I just, I almost don't well, believe it. it. It started off initially um, the night Trump had incorrectly of course he incorrectly announced the uh the travel ban into the u.s which turned out not to be a full ban it it turned out to you know be limiting non-residents and and non-citizens into the u.s and we were trying to keep track of what routes were still operating what routes were suspended which at the time was a pretty doable concept but it it so quickly morphed into what airlines are operating at what capacity and what airlines are not operating at all for the time being. And on top of that, which airlines will never be operating again, which is not something I expected to be tracking this week. Yeah, I, I mean, when when you sent me the initial uh, spreadsheet and said, do you want to help? And I said, sure, that seems like something that, that we can kind of keep track on, look into schedules and things like that. Um, and then that just became an impossible task. Uh, to to track individual routes when when airlines started moving towards we're going to reduce forty percent of our capacity fifty percent sixty seventy eighty and now I mean the top of the sheet is just airlines that are not operating flights right so we are currently tracking forty two airlines that are completely one hundred percent grounded either now or in the very immediate future it, it ranges from 
tiny little air, Antwerp, all the way to the bottom of the list, the uh, Yemeni Airways, there's Sunwing in there, Philippines, Montenegro, Lot, Jet2, Egypt Air, Cayman Airways, uh, airlines from every region all over the planet have ceased operating entirely, and that's not even considering airlines that are 99% grounded, such as Ryanair, SAS, Lufthansa Group as a whole, I believe, is 98% cut. Uh, Air France, 90%. Cathay, 90%. TAP, 90%. Norwegian, 85%. I doubt they see the other end of this crisis. Uh, Korean Air, 85%. American Airlines, 50% as of now, but that will probably be going up. Um, some of the domestic U.S. airlines are doing slightly better. JetBlue has cut 40%, Hawaiian 40%, um, Spirit down to 20%, Southwest really only 20% right now. The Middle Eastern airlines haven't done all that much. I believe Qatar is just a 5% cut right now, and I haven't heard much out of Etihad or, or um Emirates, but it, it is truly a global without exception circumstance right now. Yeah. The, the, so we've started tracking since this began uh, two sets of numbers. We've always tracked our our daily statistics. So the, the total number of flights tracked, we all, we've always kept track of that. Um, we've recently expanded things on the site to, to give a better picture of that. We went from a 30-day graph to a 90-day uh, graph as well. And we've also added in a moving average there to kind of keep track of, of where things are headed. Um, for the first time, so today's the 19th, on the 18th of March, that was the first time global tracking went down. Uh, so we are now 1% below where we were at the same time last year. And that's the first time all, all the, the total number of flights ha has dropped down. We've also started keeping track of what we're calling commercial flights. So those are our scheduled uh, passenger and cargo flights. And those numbers are 9% below where they were last year. And and that is and, – and so that's not 9% below where we – thought they would be or, or where they were projected to be because IATA was looking at a 4.1% increase for passenger traffic this year and I think a 2% increase uh, for, for cargo traffic th this year. So 9% below last year is, is an even bigger drop than, than what we would expect to have seen this year, all things being equal. Yeah, so everywhere across the globe, capacity cut and, and actual flights operating is, is – pretty stark this year yeah and and it's only i mean the we'll we'll post uh the graph in, in the show notes but it's we're looking at total flights tracked you know in the uh below the the 2017 range now um so we've i mean wiped out real gains in in less than a week and and that's going to that's going to continue as you know airlines wind down as major airlines wind down a vast majority of the operations looking at the US Delta American United are all parking aircraft uh, at various airports uh, around the US um, Delta's moving things to to Birmingham Alabama and uh, Marana Penal Park in Arizona uh, United is using Victorville um, and and also their hub airports. Um, 
the uh, the new Berlin airport uh, is is finally getting uh, getting some use with uh, storage for Lufthansa's fleet. Um, so that's uh, I, I guess you know an interesting move. But they've I'm not got even sure uh, if that's they, like a, yeah. a positive note or just something. It's just it's just a data point. That I mean, it's you know it's airlines all around. Uh, Seoul looks like a parking lot. Um, Frankfurt looks like a parking lot. Uh, Vienna looks like a parking lot. The, these things that, you know, they just seem so unimaginable a few weeks ago in, in our yeah. discussions about this. this. We have no idea. Nobody knows what the outcome of this is, um, especially in Europe where this is particularly impactful. Airlines were already teetering on the edge. A lot of smaller airlines have stopped operating recently. A, a whole bunch of others were not in the greatest of financial health. I wouldn't be surprised if several, if not many, European airlines do not survive this. Um, I mean, Flybe was the first domino to fall, and that was in the, the very early days of, of this whole uh, outbreak. Um, we've had a couple airlines in the U.S. that were about to start thinking about closing down, maybe towards the end of the year, uh, Transstate Airlines and now Compass Airlines have both decided um, the, the cuts are so dire at this point that they were going to ramp down towards the end of the year, and they've decided, well, we might as well just do it now because we're not flying for anything. Right. I mean, it's, I mean it was already a, a sad situation with airlines you know, shutting down and, and with, with trend states, you know, thankfully there was going to be some shuffling there, but now, I mean, who knows? And, and the one thing that has been pointed out, I think is with all of these cuts, keeping crews proficient and rated to fly whenever we do start flying again is going to be an interesting challenge. I was reading a bit about that this morning from a pilot who was uh, concerned that that they weren't going to be able to to restart because they wouldn't be able to to legally operate the aircraft. I mean, it, you know, there there's layers upon layers upon layers of things that no one knows how this is going to work. No one really understands the the full impact of this, and, and we're still just kind of grappling through some of the minor impacts. I never really thought we'd be pining for the days where the 737 MAX being grounded was like not such a big deal um, and, and not, you know, a majority of the world's airlines grounding most of their fleet was the bigger problem. So uh, this has been a strange year. I, I don't see how quickly we come back from this, but th there has to be an end. There does in fact, have to be an end somewhere. Airlines are, are taking things out between now and the end of March. Some are taking it into April. Some are into May and June. Um, you know, it. I guess it really all depends on how quickly you know these things resolve. You know, the the health crises resolve themselves, and then how quickly beyond that can you can you restart? a business as complicated as aviation. Yeah, and I'm just not sure. I keep ping-ponging in my mind that when the health crisis is over, is demand for air travel going to spike to levels we've never seen just with people wanting to get out and about again? Or is demand going to be tempered for the foreseeable future as people are, are a bit wary of traveling and, and possibly 
um, closed borders that are closed now might be slow to reopen. We just don't know. There are a number of countries that are completely closed off right now. And that's the that's the other thing. To, I mean, for instance, India, Australia, and New Zealand, uh, to take you know three examples, are you know those those borders are closed to to non citizens and non permanent residents. Same for the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, I mean, for for the for foreseeable future, and and that's a good point. I mean, if if the airlines, you know, are ahead of where governments are, what position does that leave them in? as far as wanting to restart operations. And I mean, I think it's going to be something that's going to have to be very closely coordinated. But where, you know, is there is there going to be a lasting suspicion of, of international travel beyond what might even be considered reasonable? And I have no idea what you would consider reasonable at this no, point. No, I've, I've got nothing. These are questions that no no one who would dare answer is going to answer. I'm sure there are people who don't have the answers who are going to try to answer this, but the answer does not exist yet. We have to sit, wait, and find out. <laughs> exactly. In in a sense, the, this podcast is not about answers. It's about I, – I really think what we're sitting down right now to do is list the questions um, at, to revisit on a regular basis to see if we do find some resolution uh, eventually. And and maybe maybe that comes – Sooner rather than later, I certainly hope so. Um, I mean, the, you know, the the airline industry, the aviation industry, is is so impacted by a quick slowdown and then a long term stoppage that you know it, it's really difficult to say how things would shake out. And like you said, you know, we're, we're probably going to see more than a few airlines not make it out the other side. Is that through consolidation? Is that through they just don't fly anymore? And then, you know, like we talked about with John last episode, what happens to all of these fleets? I mean, we, we've talked about, you know, aircraft in, in sort we talked about the 737 MAX in, in context of sorry, long-term storage. What about all of these other aircraft that are now going into long-term storage? How long will that take to get them back into the air? I mean, obviously we, we can, you know, assume they'll be kept in fly-ready condition, but the longer this drags on, the, the more maintenance that takes to do so. Right. Remember the, the same with the MAX. Uh, you park an aircraft, you can't just park it, toss the keys, and come back in six months. You have to continually maintain these aircraft. They're not built or designed to sit on the ground for extended periods of time without being truly mothballed. So there is a lot of work that's still going to have to be done to these aircraft, primarily, I'm guessing, if airlines go under by the um, the leasing company that actually owns these aircraft. Um, so that is a monumental task that um, it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens with that. We're still in shutdown mode. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're not even into the knowing all of the schedule reductions and operational stoppages. I mean, it, they, they continue to, to increase. We went from Qantas grounding eight A380s to they're not flying international service anymore. Right. Um, and that's not so much their decision as it was uh, the country of Australia pretty much closing down the borders and suddenly there is no more, there isn't any demand beyond that. Right, right. And, and so... You know that that changes the calculus of what they do with the aircraft and and how they you know how they manage that situation. You've got that. Yeah. That's actually a, a good jumping point, I think. That um, 
a lot of aircraft retirements that were planned in the near term or, or medium term are now now. Uh, so, for instance, the KLM 747s, I believe they're gone. Uh, Delta, the MD-88s and MD-90s, I believe they might not see the other side of this. Um, what other groundings are there that were becoming permanent? I know there are. I, I mean, I would, I would assume that we would see a, a good chunk of the older single aisle fleet may not make it out the other side of of whatever, whatever we're going through. And yeah, it, and also some of the the regional, uh, some of the regional fleets that have been operated by airlines um, that are no longer going to be operating. I. Some of them might come back, but I would say a good chunk don't. Yeah. It's uh, going to be a stark contrast from a couple of months ago when we attended the full retirement of Americans' MD-80s was a, a kind of a celebratory moment, a happy moment that the airline was moving on from its legacy. Um, Delta will likely be retiring its fleet of MD-88s, and it's under very different circumstances in not all that long a period of time. Yeah, I mean, we went from these have been in service for, for a long time, and, and now we're, we're moving on to uh, we really wanted to keep these around, but now we don't have any, we don't have any passengers to fly with them. Yeah, I, I would say the A380 is probably the most endangered species of aircraft at this point. I could very clearly see multiple airlines never bringing their A380s back, and that kind of makes me very sad. It's one thing to to have a a wind down or a, you know a scheduled reduction in service, and 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 understand that, like you know Air France was doing. But do they instead of drawing that out to 2022, do they say, okay, we're done with them now? Yeah. Um, I would not see that as impossible for Air France. It was drawing them down, like you said. It's had it has its oldest product on board. Um, those will be gone. Singapore, I would imagine they will probably accelerate their older aircraft retirements again. Uh, Korean, if it survives at all, I would not again not expect the A380s to return either very quickly or at all. Um, it's. They were the first to be parked, and they'll be the last to resume flying again. And even right now, SAS is shuttling its A34300s out to temporary storage, which may not be temporary. I would assume that that is, if not temporary, then then at least long-term. Right. Those are recently refurbished, so I wouldn't expect them to be fully retired, but it's certainly possible. Maybe the last to come back. Exactly. So, yeah, all, all of the the older, the bigger aircraft, um, they may not be retired immediately, but it may be a long time before we see them flying again. Uh, Virgin Atlantic, the A34600, this finally pushed it over the edge, and we will not be seeing those again. Yeah, I mean, and they've been retired previously and, and unretired, but yeah, I, I don't see them coming back, you know, uh, again. The, you know, just the number of aircraft parked around the world. Uh, is you know staggering to me right now and not knowing how long they're going to remain on the ground is a sobering thought so where do we go from here what 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 is there even left to talk about well i think one of the things that we need to address is the the human factor in all of this that that's kind of shown its head in the past couple days uh, at least in the US 
where air traffic controllers are getting sick, and that's closing control towers at airports. Yeah, so that's a good point. There are two ways to talk about the the human factor here. One, uh, people are going to get sick and operations are going to degrade further than they are now. And two, um, the unfortunate reality that many airlines and many other businesses of all sorts are laying staff off. And today, I think Qantas announced it's temporarily um, letting most of its staff go at this point, since there's nothing flying for the most part. Um, so you need a very skeleton staff compared to what they used to have. Um, so this is a, a very trying time for the industry, not just operationally, but the human factor as well. Um, people need need their paychecks, and that's unfortunately not going to be happening for many, many, many people. Absolutely. I mean, SAS has laid off 90% of their staff. This is probably going to expand throughout the industry as you know as this drags on um, and, and certainly you know not just operational challenges but uh, but how do you how do you deal with that as an industry you know the airline industry is is no stranger to furlough uh, unfortunately but you know how, how do you then come back from that I mean it, you know it, it has never been this widespread before no so Aside from the people factor, which is obviously unfortunate and terrible, let's talk a little about operationally. Um, Even here in the U.S., we've had now two airports severely impacted by um, air traffic control issues as controllers at the local towers have been confirmed positive and they have had to basically evacuate the towers to completely sanitize and hopefully reopen them. First was Chicago Midway, which is a major hub for Southwest. A couple other airlines operate out of there. But now we have Las Vegas, uh, McCarran International, which now has just posted a a six-hour, 37-minute ground delay for flights because I believe the tower is ATC zero? Yeah, the the tower is fully closed. The airport, it it last... uh... Last I, I checked, uh, and and I don't think this has changed since since this morning. Um, but the airport, the the towers closed. The airport's operating uh, as an uncontrolled airport, and the the tracon is the departure controller. Okay, so managing. This, this is a good, somewhat av geeky topic. Can you explain a little about what ATC zero and the procedure of one in one out? Sure. So the. Not to put you on the spot, you know. No, not at all. Um, normally, there, there's kind of, um, and air traffic controllers listening, I apologize for, for drastically oversimplifying what I'm about to say. Which is why I didn't want to do this. Yes. Okay. So there, there's really three, three kind of movement area, uh, movement, what's the word I'm looking for? S- sections of controllers. There, there's the tower uh, at the airport, which deals with arriving and departing flights um, that are on the taxiways, on the runways, and just in the air, whether just about to land or or just taking off. Then kind of up and out from there, there's the the trick on the, the terminal radar approach control. So what those folks are doing are managing the kind of tr- we're coming into land 
and we are departing. So those are arrival and departure controllers. Aircraft will, will check in with those on their way into or out of an airport. And then they're passed off as they are, are higher up and farther out from an airport. They are passed off to center controllers. Um, and, and those center controllers are dealing with, with in-route airspace. So aircraft and cruise keeping, those aircraft separated and, and things like that. There's some overlap. There's some folks that I, I didn't really mention like ramp controllers and things like that. Generally, those those are the people that are are controlling the airport. And we love you all equally. We we do a- absolutely we do, and they are doing a fantastic job keeping things moving. And, and so what's happened now at Midway, uh, in Chicago and at Las Vegas, is that the Tracon controllers are managing the departure and arrivals uh, for. The, the airports themselves because the towers are empty uh, and, and they're being you know cleaned and, and disinfected and things like that. So what the airports are operating is is, is an un, uh, untowered or, or uncontrolled airport. And so the aircraft are talking to themselves to maintain a, a safe uh, you know a, a safe separation and to know that you know I we're, we're landing now we're taking off now and then they're contacting the the, the controllers to to take it over from there uh, so what happened at Midway uh, because the tower was was an uncontrolled airport uh, some local smaller aircraft decided that since the regulations no longer applied to uh, how traffic was operating, that they would take the opportunity to uh, do some touch and goes on the midway runways. Um, the FAA did not look kindly on that and put up a TFR that said, yeah, don't do that. If you're not in contact with ATC uh, prior to your your entrance in, into the airport, uh, you're going to have big trouble. So that that is my oversimplified uh, explanation of what is happening at these two airports. I certainly hope that it is only these two airports that that is this it stays at that. Yeah, not good, but realistically, it, it's going to happen. It, it's going to keep happening, and I don't want to be the the bearer of bad news, but it's definitely going to happen at one of the larger air traffic control centers, and I'm really not quite sure what happens at that point. Not, I mean, we, we are far beyond knowing what happens at a certain point. I mean, certainly there are, like you know, Midway and, and Las Vegas showed, there are contingencies for this because these, these things have happened before. There are fire alarms. Uh, oh, yeah. And it, it's, it's not something that's never happened before. And especially some airports, it's, it's not completely uncommon for the tower to be un, unmanned. Sir, I mean, there are you know, thousands of untowered airports you know, around the country and certainly around the world. But, but yeah, like you said, if it happens at, at a big, you know, uh, either Tracon or Center, then what happens? Um, and, and there was an air traffic controller who earlier in the week posted, you know, what, what happens when somebody goes to, to zero rate, um, talking about a, a Tracon or a Center. And, you know, that that's a, a much more difficult thing to answer. And, and it's happened before but at that point the airspace has been closed and you know and managed in various ways like when the the virginia uh in route center lost uh i think power 
Um, that airspace was relatively empty except for flights that were departing those air- airports within that airspace and they had to stay uh, below a certain flight level and you know follow very specific routes. The same thing happened in Chicago. Oh, that was when one of the employees tried to burn the building down, wasn't it? That is correct. Yes, nice. that happened a few years ago. And, and so there were, there were three ways to get out of Chicago. The miles and trail were significant and delays were horrendous. So let's hope that that doesn't happen. But as Jason said, uh, there's a very real possibility, perhaps an inevitability, that, that it will. I, I guess the only upside to that that's not even is that with the, de- the decrease in traffic, it'll be easier to handle when it does happen. That's really looking at the bright side. Well I'm done. trying my best here. Um, I'm really trying my best to to find anything to latch on to. You know, it, it's we're not even in like glass half full situation. We're we're just hoping that there's still a glass. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the cat knocked the glass onto the ground a couple days ago. Entirely possible. Let's take a, a minute to talk about some some slightly positive news. You have some I, of that. I, I want. I mean, give it, me. It's positive news in context. Oh. Um, the there have been a number of medical supply flights, and and some cargo is really starting to move. In that respect, there have been some some supply flights from China to Italy and Germany. There's an AN124 on its way to pick up what can only be described as a lot of medical supplies to, to start delivering around. And, and as various industries, especially distilleries, change over from, from whiskey and, and vodka and and gin to hand sanitizer, <laughs> we're going to start to see some some odd movements around the world where you've got, you know, 200 tons of alcohol sanitizer being flown to, to various distribution centers. And I guess by the same token, there are a number of airlines that are operating passenger aircraft solely as cargo haulers at this point. They, they're not taking the seats out. They're not loading the main deck with cargoes. That would be a pretty drastic maneuver. But they are literally offering, I think Cathay Dragon has done this a few times, and Delta has set up um, a, a charter operation. I don't know if anyone's taken them up on it, but they will take their regular old passenger aircraft and fill up the belly with cargo and operate it wherever it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. We'll see, you know, how how that's affected. Certainly, passenger traffic is is dropping dropping off, um, but but cargo traffic is is remaining and and will hopefully rise as the as the need arises. I think that's that. Is, is there anything left to say? I don't think there's anything left to say other than we will hope that everyone is taking care of themselves, taking care of each other, and we will get through this. And we'll see everybody. Or talk to everybody next week. I am Ian Pechnik here, as always, with... Jason Rabinowitz. And thank you to everyone out there who is still working through this. Stay safe. And to everyone else who is not, stay home. Oh, and wash your hands.